as we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line. And we're joined by Joe Bartle of RotoWire, who we've had throughout the football season helping you with all of your fantasy needs. Obviously, the fantasy season now in the books. On to the playoffs in the NFL. Joe, appreciate the time as always. And again, sorry about what's transpired on the last game of the regular season. Uh, I don't know if you have any <laughs> expounding thoughts on the career of Aaron Rodgers or what you would like to say about that game. But if you would like to vent at this moment, you are free to do so. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, I think I got most of it out of the way on the car ride back. Because <laughs> yeah. 75,000 people trying to leave Lambeau at the same time thinking we were going to see Miracle. And uh never really happened in large part because the defense once again let them down. Um, I, I think that might be one of the uh, most embarrassing losses that I've seen. And, and kudos to the Lions, just all the credit in the world. But I, I was pretty confident they were not going to lay down. It sure seems that the Packers disagreed. Um, and Dan Campbell and, and Detroit came to play. I mean, they, they wanted to win that game more. And uh, the issue that we'd seen earlier this season with the Packers reared their ugly head in just about every fashion uh, in the most pivotal game. I mean, that... That was set up in every way for them to succeed and make the playoffs, and yet they still failed. I don't know what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I I don't know if he needs to have David Bakhtiari and Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and Mason Crosby on the team to want to continue, because if he does, I don't know if we see Aaron Rodgers in the Packers uniform anymore. I, I think a lot of those positions need to be upgraded, and there's going to be cap casualties as well with that too. So it'll be a very tumultuous time. The frustrating part for me was just trying to figure out what's next. And unfortunately, even as somebody that follows football as closely as I do, and I have a pretty good grapple with salary cap and everything else, I don't know what can make this Packers team better than uh, not not necessarily what we saw this year, but certainly to make them a title contender. I think that's kind of gone uh, and passed. And it goes back to my point last year that I wish they would have just traded him to uh, Russell Wilson, or sorry, to the Broncos instead of Russell Wilson. And they kind of double down on what now feels like a the the worst place to be in professional sports, which is mediocre and in the middle. Right. Yeah. Not able to get a, a game changing draft pick, but also not able to compete for a championship. Certainly understand that. That's always a problem uh, for a lot of teams, obviously, and uh, certainly this year for the Packers. But I was going to ask you too, Joe, along those lines, because uh, as I can deduce that you were there. Uh, the broadcast was just very determined to make this out to be uh, very likely Rogers last game, if not in Green Bay, maybe even in the entire uh, in his entire career, are, are you more along the lines that he will play again, just not necessarily with Green Bay, or do you think that is the last of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL? I, I, no, I truly think it can go any one of three directions: instead of staying with the Packers, going to a different team, or uh, just just outright retiring. It was a little bit fishy to see him walk off like that, like he did with Randall Cobb and the jersey thing. He seemed to confirm that in the post game report too that he didn't want to give that to James Williams, and then didn't specify why. Um, but he also said in his post-game press conference that it takes both sides of this equation for Rodgers to come back. And uh, he wants the Packers to also say that they want him to come back. And if you're that franchise and what we've done, you know, we I guess, what the Packers have done uh, this this past year, I think you have to take a hard look into that and say, do we start this salary cap hell now or later? Uh, and, and does it really get turned around? And I don't know the answer um, to any of that. I really don't think he wants to end that way. I, like, it just doesn't... I would be surprised if uh, he takes a look at the end of the season, broken thumb or not, uh, rookie receivers, injured offensive line at times. If he took... He looks at the culmination of 2022 and 23 and says, 
yeah, that's fine with me to end on it. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's where he goes. But he also said in the press conference, and I thought it was really pointed that um, if he decides it's his time for a different voice in the locker room, then then it's time for that to happen. And I thought, but I'm like, yeah, I guess you know, Aaron Rodgers probably is the the biggest leader on that team, and maybe there's a reason they have lost three consecutive, uh, essentially play in games or playoff games at home when everything was set up set up for them. So it, it, maybe there is a time. Uh, the voice to change. I'm not sure. I'm not sure any of the answers. And again, as somebody that thinks they know a lot, like I do, it is frustrating to say, "Oh, I don't know if there's any clear path or direction or way that they can really get to the Super Bowl level that we thought they were this year." So let's look at this playoffs now uh, as we head into Super Wild Card Weekend with six matchups going on, and we transition from one older Hall of Fame quarterback possibly nearing the end to another. And I asked you, Joe, as both a way of picking this game and also talking about the future, is Monday night's game in Tampa the last we see of Tom Brady in the National Football League? Man, I think it should have been this past off season, uh, and it felt very spiteful, but he just didn't want to give – Chef to the scoop uh, and wanted to go out in his own terms. I, I mean, the team hasn't been very good, and yet they've been healthy for most of the year. So I, I don't quite understand that. I know they've gotten together the past two weeks, and, and maybe it's a coaching thing. Um, I would take Tom Brady in the playoffs over just about everybody else ever, all time. So it's not to say that he can't win this one. Uh, and frankly, I have seen Mike McCarthy as a coach in the playoffs over many years, and I, it's not a foregone conclusion that the Cowboys even win this one, much less their aspirations for a Super Bowl run themselves. It, it really kind of feels like two bad teams going against one another here. Uh, I would lean towards the Cowboys because I think they have more talent and have been more consistent, but it is Tom Brady and anything can happen. I don't I don't think this is his last season. I think the, the divorce is more or less finalized. There's no reason to uh, rush out of the NFL anymore. And uh, I, I would imagine he comes back to the NFL next year i'm not certain it's the buccaneers and that will be interesting to see where he ends up choosing to go uh if if he does come back for another season and looking at all of these other wild card games uh for super wild card weekend um what teams do you expect to carry on business as usual to to really win their matchups and what teams do you think could potentially be on upset watch yeah bills Bengals, 49ers you can slap them in a teaser a parlay whatever else i think all three of those are guaranteed to win. Uh, I know, like I know, it's pretty easy to say, "Oh, the Dolphins have a third-string quarterback," and possibly same for the Ravens too. I think even if uh, Tua and, and Lamar Jackson have been healthy for their respective teams, they still would have been cakewalks for the Bengals and Bills. I, those are really, really good teams right now, and you know, I, I, I just don't think the Dolphins are all that good. Their defense certainly isn't. I know they beat the Bills kind of fluky in the regular season. That won't happen again this time. And the same goes for the Bengals. I think they're really hot right now. So um, I would go that direction. I know, and it's the same for the 49ers Seahawks, too, where, okay, the Seahawks are a division opponent, tough to be a team three straight times. The Seahawks just don't have a lot of teeth. I mean, that's just – and the 49ers are so good, even with Brock Purdy. Uh, you would assume the rookie seventh-round pick will get exposed in the playoffs at some point. It won't be this one. I don't even think this is a playoff game. Just consider it Week 19 – that's how bad the Seahawks are. So those three teams, I feel confident. Then you kind of have like a, I don't know, anything could happen with the Chargers-Jaguars. Uh, anything could happen with Cowboys-Buccaneers. It's Mike McCarthy versus Tom Brady. It really is the Giants and Vikings game that I think will be really interesting. The Vikings are favored by just three, despite I think having one of the best home field advantages in the entire playoffs right now. Uh, you Saquon Barkley, a lot of their offense, at least the catalyst, but Daniel Jones kind of got going. I really could see that one going either way. The spread makes complete sense to me. And we know the Vikings aren't that good of a team despite what the record indicates. 
I, I'm picking the Vikings for the home field advantage, and I think there are just too many ways uh, in which the Vikings' offense can put enough pressure on the defense of the Giants, whereas the vice versa cannot occur. But I wouldn't be surprised if a few explosive plays from Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley changes the outcome. That's, that's how bad this Vikings team is, because I don't think the Giants are very good either. And um, looking at the Ravens, actually, now that you've brought them up and you think that they'll be, you know, uh, the Bengals will have easy work with them um, if Lamar Jackson plays, even if he doesn't play. Um, he, he didn't sign a contract extension um, kind of looking into the next offseason and last offseason. He didn't sign that contract extension. Um, do you think we've seen the last of Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uni- uniform? Uh, what teams do you think might try to go and get Lamar Jackson? Do you think they'll uh, that the Ravens will franchise tag him? What do you think happens with that situation? Uh, yeah, I think the Ravens are one of the smartest organizations in the entire NFL. So I, I would have a hard time saying a former MVP, one of the most electric weapons in the NFL, a guy that is the catalyst of your offense, clearly, seen with Tyler Huntley and uh, Anthony Brown, but they haven't been nearly as effective. They're just going to let him go. I, it, you just don't do that with quarterbacks, even ones that maybe you, you think have an injury risk. That doesn't happen too often. So uh, I believe the Ravens will hold on to him and keep him. Uh, I, I believe they'll franchise him, though. And, and maybe that leaves them to be disgruntled, or leaves Lamar to be disgruntled again, like we kind of are seeing now. I mean, like I don't want to say that he is uh, faking it or anything like that, but most quarterbacks, especially of his caliber, are rushing back for a playoff game regardless of what their health is, and yet it feels like that has not been the case. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of like, hey, you know, this is, this is what you guys get uh, when I'm not signed to a contract extension. So I, I think he will come back to the Ravens, think it'll be a franchise tag, and we do this whole thing again next year. Joe, this is going to be kind of a tough question because there are clear favorites here, and that's just why I like to play devil's advocate and just see if there's a, a team that is under the radar that, that people like that are not paying enough attention to. So everyone agrees in the AFC, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City. And in the NFC, I feel that most people would say either Philadelphia or San Francisco. Is there any team, either conference, that can break through those favorites, it, or if there is one team, even if the, if you feel no strongly, it's going to be uh, the Super Bowl is going to be two of those five. What team, if you absolutely had to pick, do you think could make a magical run? So I want to be clear. I think there are legitimately only two good teams in the NFC. You mentioned the Eagles. You mentioned the 49ers. That's it. Anybody who advances between the the Vikings and Giants and Cowboys and Buccaneers doesn't make them a good team. It just means they beat a worse team. Like that, that when you put them all collectively, the majority of the top teams of the uh, boy fourteen that are in the playoffs this year will be in the AFC. It's like a heavy, sure. heavy favor on that side. I don't think the NFC is very good, and I think a lot of these teams are just pretenders. I, I said it earlier, I think the Giants could beat the Vikings because I don't think the Vikings are very good. And it's possible that the Giants could then beat, I don't know, uh, I guess it would be the Eagles, which I don't think that would occur, but like there's there's ways in which you could have the Giants face another one of these pretender teams and therefore make a run into the championship. I would, I would have a hard time believing it's not Eagles 49ers at the end of the NFC because I think those are two legitimately good squads against a whole bunch of not very much so. On the AFC side, though, I really am interested in the Chargers and Jaguars. That's the four versus five seed, so more than likely, whoever wins that one will be facing the Chiefs. And we've seen the Chiefs be vulnerable at times. I know they've been very good, especially in the playoffs, and Mahomes has played his entire playoff career uh, in Arrowhead, which is still a crazy stat to think about. The Chargers coaching staff is difficult for me to say they can win a big game, 
but they certainly have the talent to be successful. And you think about their matchups at the regular season. I mean, Derwin James was a hand tip away from stopping that Travis Kelsey touchdown and probably winning them that game uh, back in like 13 or week 12, whatever it was. The Chargers get up and ready to play when they're facing the Chiefs. I, they don't do it against the Broncos and they don't do it against the Raiders. When it's the Chiefs, they're there. So I kind of like, uh, I, like if you were to say, I have to pick one of these teams that could surprise, it would be the Chargers. But they have to get past the Jaguars' offense, I think, is really good. And I know Trevor Lawrence is still young, but if there's one quarterback that at this age I think is most poised to be able to handle a situation like this, it's Lawrence, who, remember, sophomore in college, was in the biggest game of his career and was dominant in doing so against an Alabama defense that was previously uh, supposedly unbeatable. I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's uh, perfectly situated for this, and Doug Peterson, too. But just by the Chargers are a little bit better. Sure. Uh, we're talking to Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire. And, uh, Joe, let's transition real quickly. One basketball question, because we know fantasy basketball is now the go-to. And, and look, you mentioned to us uh, on the last uh, last week that fantasy baseball is going to be uh, a big thing this year, too. So we'll actually we'll, or we'll have to get some thoughts on that at some point down the road here. But with, with fantasy basketball, we saw uh, a couple of the game's true superstars both leave and return here in recent days. Steph Curry came back last night for Golden State. Kevin Durant went out with an MCL injury uh, the, the the day before. How did those stars kind of leaving and returning kind of shift the paradigm and some and some fantasy picks up pickups? Yeah, Durant's going to be the bigger one of this equation. I think he was uh, fantasy like the fantasy basketball player number three or two overall uh, behind Jokic, or uh, I think it was just Jokic. I guess two, depending on like what categories and kind of how your league is format. Regardless, Durant was like right up there with the way he was playing. From the NBA perspective, I, I don't know how many games the Nets win with Kevin Durant out for, let's say, four weeks or whatever that might be. Like Kyrie Irving is obviously very good uh, and hasn't had one of his Kyrie Irving moments yet. So they should win a decent amount of games. But this was a team that was near the top of the NBA standings and will now be without what I thought was one of the MVP frontrunners right now. So Kevin Durant's absence is massive. You think about a guy like Carl Anthony Towns or Steph Curry, like you mentioned too, we've we've had top of top tier players be out for an extended period of time, but not this level. I mean, this this is going to be a tough one. A guy like Royce O'Neal, who's already getting plenty of minutes, I think becomes more of a scorer and would be the bump if you were to say who's going to benefit from Kevin Durant's absence. But uh, yeah, that that's a tough one all the way around. But uh, with Steph Curry, I really am kind of interested to see how that helps the entire uh, Golden State Warriors. I mean, Andrew Wiggins has been out for it feels like a month and a half now, and. We've had inconsistency with Jordan Poole as well, too, and we know what Clay Thompson and Draymond Green are at the stage of their careers, too. Does does Steph Curry elevate every one of them to be more consistent fantasy reliable options? Typically, my answer is yes. But how much will it take to knock off the rust? That's my biggest question. So if you're doing a week-by-week uh, category type of thing, I, I'm, I'm not as eager to slot in all of my Warrior players as I maybe was before, uh, but we are trending in that positive direction where the biggest offensive catalyst and the guy that changes the geometry more than anybody else in the NBA total is now back and I think that should help a lot of people over at Golden State. He's Joe Bartle of Rotowire here joining us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Joe, what do you have in the works here as we uh, go through the NFL playoffs and continue through uh, the, the NBA regular season over at Rotowire? Yeah, now my work gets to be a little bit lighter, which is great, but we still have plenty of postseason NFL action. So we do a Series XM draft Tonight, uh, I think it's going to be at 8.15 p.m. Eastern on Channel 88, where we're discussing uh, 
our playoff rankings, picking people. We got a little bit of money on the line here for Rotolaris. That's fun. Uh, I have the Series XM show now, I think, for the next couple weeks, three hours long. That's going to be heavy dynasty coverage, talking to college guys, which I'm sure you guys are uh, excited to hear about as well, too. It's going to be super deep running back draft in particular. Uh, we'll mix a little bit of college basketball as well, too, a little bit NBA. It's it's more of a free-for-all over the last uh, month as it gets gearing towards February and the transition shifts to fantasy baseball. So uh, a little bit slower work for me, but it's good. You know, we, we put in plenty of hours over the fantasy season and hopefully helped out plenty of people to win championships. Yeah, not that it's exactly time off, but well-deserved at least breather here uh, yeah. after the uh, yeah. full-swing 18-week NFL season. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and you know, hopefully good playoff games. You know, I, I talk about how bad the NFC is. I mean, I can't be entertained. Giants, Vikings, Cowboys, uh Buccaneers. Let's make those games fun, even if I think they're very bad teams overall. Yeah, at least at least if they're going to be ugly, be ugly close games, not yeah. ugly <laughs> blowouts like the Georgia TCU game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's Joe Bartle of Roto-Wire joining us on the show today. Joe, as always, we appreciate the time, and we'll talk again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks for being on.